Jesus said, it is finished. So why do Catholic priests repeat the sacrifice of Christ? Let's go to the Gospel of John, if you would. This is a very well-known passage of Scripture, ladies and gentlemen. We're reading from John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30. It reads as follows. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So uh, the word, ladies and gentlemen, I want to focus here is that word finished. You know, when Jesus Christ, he cried out right before he died, It is finished. And that was it gave up the ghost. The spirit left him, left his body. And the word there for finished is the word teleo, T-E-L-E-O. And it means complete, execute, conclude, accomplish, make an end, expire. In other words, it's done. It's a completed act. Can never be repeated again. The death of Christ, ladies and gentlemen, the most incredible event in the history of of mankind, followed by the resurrection three days later. This is the very heart, the very center of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This death, ladies and gentlemen, it can never be repeated. It happened at a prophesied point in time. Oh, yes, it did. I mean, this is uh, the event of events, ladies and gentlemen. First Peter Chapter 3, verse 18, it says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened or made alive by the Spirit. It happened once, ladies and gentlemen, can never be repeated. The just for the unjust. Who are the unjust? It's people like me and you. You're ungodly, ladies and gentlemen. You're unjust. And, and you have to come to the place where you understand that. Otherwise, the gospel will mean nothing to you. So keep that in mind. Christ hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust. He is the just one. There is no other just one. Don't ever forget that. You remember the time when Jesus went through the temple and he overturned the tables in the temple and created havoc, and the Jewish religious people were not happy with that, and they wanted, wanted to know what was going on. And uh, let's pick it up in John chapter 2, verses 18 uh, to 20. It says, Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? What an incredible passage of Scripture. So what Jesus was doing there, uh, ladies and gentlemen, he was uh, telling the people about the temple of his body, but they didn't get it. So they're thinking about the physical temple, okay, that took 46 years uh, to build. So now they say to him, You're going to destroy this temple? and raise it up in three days? 
So let's pick it up in John uh, 2, verses 21 and 22. It says, But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. So he was talking about the temple of his body. He says, look, you destroy this body, this temple, I'm getting back up again. Now, keep in mind, folks, many of the uh, prophets were persecuted uh, and killed because of what they were preaching. And keep that in mind. They were killed. They didn't get up from the dead. But this man is telling you, look, guys, you're going to kill me, but I'm getting back up again. I'm, I'm getting up again. Glory to God. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He says, in three days, you destroy this temple, I'm going to raise it up again. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, let's go now to uh, the book of Acts, chapter 1. We'll look at verses 1 to 3. It says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive, after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So I, I want you to see something, folks. The, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ can never be repeated. Okay? He was killed. He rolls from the dead. He says, I'm raising his body back up again in three days. I'm getting back up again, okay? He's alive. He is alive. He's, uh, he's, he will be alive forevermore. Glory to God. And this is something, this is the victory, folks. This is what you need to understand. The resurrection of Christ. This is victory. This is where the power is. And, and, and Christ wants you to know this, folks, and he has a living message uh, to you, to, to, to the followers, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, let's go to the uh, Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. Uh, we're going to look at verses 14 through 16. It says, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now, folks, he gave uh, his apostles, the, the, the disciples, his followers. First of all, he rebuked them because uh, people saw him alive and they went to tell the others and some of them did not believe. And he said he upbraided them because of their unbelief and their hardness of heart. But don't miss the fact that he gave them the authority now to go into the world, into all the world, to preach the gospel to every creature. Now, keep this in mind. There was no magisterium, no Vatican at this time, okay? He didn't tell them to go into all the world and to offer up the sacrifice of the mass. He told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He gives them the power. It's by faith. And that power is available to every man and woman 
who is saved, who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, you get filled with the Holy Ghost and you preach the gospel. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. No Catholic Mass, no offering up a sacrifice of a Mass, ladies and gentlemen. This gospel has been preached since the time of Christ. Oh, yes, it has. 2,000 years, folks, people have been going around the world preaching the gospel. Has zero to do with the sacrifice of the Roman Catholic Mass. Nothing. You preach the word, people believe the word, they get saved, they're born again of the Spirit, then they go preach it. Glory to God. That is the gospel, folks. That's what we're talking about here. So uh, how clear, how much clearer could it be? The believer, uh, they're saved, but the uh, unbeliever, they're damned. So there's a heaven and there's a hell. No purgatory. Do you see this? It's a simple gospel, folks. So, so when you're dealing with stuff like the sacrifice of the Roman Catholic Mass, we are dealing with something that is so demonic and so dark, it is not even funny. And yet people just uh, mosey along in this life and work in unity with them like there's not a problem. Folks, we are in the last days. Don't ever forget that. Let's go to the book of Matthew now, chapter 28. We're going to look at verses 16 to 18. Then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Don't miss that. All power. Think about this. He's telling them that he has all power in heaven and in earth. Do you think that Jesus Christ is divine? Do you think Jesus Christ is God? Of course, if, if he possesses all power in heaven and earth, do you know of another man that has all power in heaven and earth? Of course you don't. Verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So here's the risen Christ, standing before them, talking to them, preaching to them, and he says, I'm with you always, to the end of the world. Only God can be with them always, folks. Omniscience omnipotence, power. This is the power that Jesus Christ possessed. Oh, yes. So this uh, this is a great victory. So he went to the cross. He says, I'm going to raise myself up again. It's, and that's exactly uh, what he did. So, you know, folks, it's through simple faith in Jesus Christ that a person is saved. You don't have to go through rituals. You don't have to go through sacraments to get to this uh uh, Jesus Christ that I'm preaching to you today. It's through simple faith. You could get saved as I'm preaching to you right here, ladies and gentlemen, no matter who you are. You might be at the very lowest point of your life, and yet Christ will meet you exactly where you are. You don't have to go through a, uh, the doors of a church, folks. He'll meet you right where you are, right on the street, if that's where you are right now. This is the good news. This is how God saves souls. It's always been this way. So Rome, the Roman Catholic Church, they keep you in bondage. They keep you in darkness. Oh, yes, I know, folks. I was there. 
And I got saved exactly by hearing the preaching of the Word of God. You read the Word of God, it all gels together, and you, and you realize, wow, I've been born again of the Spirit. Hallelujah. I know these things to be true. So that's the beauty, folks. So, you know, growing up, as I often talk about the uh, Baltimore Catechism and, and what they teach, and they talk about the Mass, they call it a sacrifice in which Christ offers himself to God in an unbloody manner. You'll find that in Lesson 27, uh, item number 357. So they're talking about this, this sacrifice, that it's, got, it's still continuing. It's still being repeated. You know, the Bible says in Leviticus 17 and 11, it says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is, it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Oh, yes, folks, all of the Old Testament sacrifice, uh, sacrifices, they were types and shadows pointing to the perfect sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice of Christ. It was a one-time deal not to be repeated. How are you going to repeat the sacrifice of the one who came down from heaven? The audacity to even think you could do that. So let's look at that catechism again. It says here, the Mass continues the sacrifice of the cross. Each time a Mass is offered, the sacrifice of Christ is repeated. A new sacrifice is not offered, but by divine power, one and the same sacrifice is repeated. What? Can you imagine the audacity of a religious system to say that they are continuing the sacrifice of the cross? The one who rose from the dead who said, uh, destroy this temple and in three days I'll, I'll raise it up again. It's done. He's alive. You're going to tell me that you think you can bring uh, this risen Christ back down on your Catholic altars each time a mass is offered? You're telling me the sacrifice of Christ is repeated? That is heresy. Absolute heresy, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus Christ said, it is finished. It is accomplished. It's done. It's a done deal, ladies and gentlemen. Book of Hebrews tells us this, chapter 10, verses 11 and 12. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, meaning Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Folks, it's done. Did this? Those two verses shut down the Catholic Mass. How are you going to bring Christ down and put him in a, a wafer host? The word host, by the way, means victim. That's what they do. Every Catholic Mass, they offer up a sacrifice of the Mass, transubstantiation, the Blessed Sacrament. When you see that uh, Blessed Sacrament, they believe that that is Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, they do. Body, blood, soul, divinity, they believe that is Christ. I'm here to tell you today, that is not Christ. Don't ever forget that. So folks, you know, as I said, I speak as a former Roman Catholic. I have peace with God because of what Christ did for me. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 to 14. It says, Given thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. 
who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Folks, I have redemption through the blood of Christ. I've been redeemed. I have forgiveness of sins. I don't have to go to a confessional booth and confess my uh, sins to Father Jones. Father Jones needs to get saved himself. <laughs> my, oh my. This, this is incredible stuff, folks. That's, that's darkness. That's demonic. Colossians 1, 20 and 21. And have it made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. There, there it is again, folks. The peace, how is it made? Through the blood of the cross. God is reconciling all things unto himself. You see? So we, the lost people, the, the lost sin of the ungodly, when they trust in Christ, we were formerly alienated. We were enemies in our mind by wicked works. But now he has reconciled us. So what happened to me? I've been reconciled back to God. I don't have to go to a Catholic mass and uh, go to Mass and while they offer up the sacrifice of the Mass? Oh, no, I don't, folks. <laughs> I do not. I haven't gotten near a Catholic church in all those years. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It tells us, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. One more time, it says, how are we justified? It says, therefore, being justified by faith. How do we have peace? We have peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're justified by faith. Whoever you are out there, it's by simple faith. You recognize you are a sinner. You realize, hey, man, I'm in, I'm in dangerous. I'm in a dangerous place. <laughs> if I die in that condition, I'm going to hell. Let's get real. It's heaven or hell. So, so you realize, man, I, I know I'm a sinner. You turn to the Lord by simple faith. Put your faith in him. You don't have to go into a church and talk to your priest. You go straight to the Lord. That's what I did, folks. And he will save you. You will have peace with God. You will know you are right with God. If your heart is uh, real, folks, and you're, and you're trusting in the Lord, you will have the witness of the Holy Ghost when you are truly born again. Oh, yes, that Holy Spirit will bear witness with your own spirit that you are right with God. So that's the message I wanted to uh, bring uh, to you today, folks. It's very important to uh, bring these things out to people. Many ha people have no idea that they're walking in darkness, marching on the highway to hell. I want to rescue you. That's why I preached a word to you so that you might be saved, folks. So that you might be saved. You might never have been in a church in your whole life. It doesn't matter. As I said, no matter where you are, he will meet you there. You have a great day and be blessed in the Lord.